0: Well, good morning, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away under the tall timbers of Colorado. And it's a beautiful, crisp, cold morning here. No snow in the forecast, uh, but a nice, warm uh, office here where I get to talk to one of my dear friends Uh, David Fiorazzo. Today is Thursday, November the 30th. I'm so thankful that you've joined us, and I'll bring David on here in just a moment. We're going to talk about his brand new book, Assault on the Image of God, which actually hits uh, the market today. The paperback is available today. I'll tell you how you can get it in just a moment, but what a powerful book. I think every believer needs to have it on their shelves, uh, especially in this day and age when the devil and his earthly minions are doing everything they can to marginalize, attack, uh, and destroy, ultimately, humanity. But uh, a couple of quick uh, announcements as we wind up the month of November. I want to thank you all so much for your prayers and support. It's been a phenomenal month here at NBW Ministries. We certainly appreciate your prayers. We couldn't do it uh, without them. Lots of great resources already out there just from this uh, week. Uh, So if you haven't yet listened to Monday's podcast on reasons for the Christian to do good works. I encourage you to check that out. On Tuesday, we were on with uh, Tom Hughes and Hope for Our Times, and uh, we called that, or he called it, It's All a PSYOP, and that was a powerful video and audio podcast that's posted at our website. Yesterday, of course, was our weekly world events update with Randy, another power-packed hour with him, and uh, that's posted on our podcast channel. It's also posted for our premier members. The video version of our discussion with Randy uh, is available to our premier subscribers. You can check that out at notbyworks.org. Of course, we've got David on today, and then tomorrow, a first-time guest talking about the gospel, global elites, and the next generation. Brett Nasworth will be with me, dear friend, known him for 20 years. He spent almost 20 years down in the uh, Amazon jungle, uh, ministering to the Yanomamo tribe. Uh, He's one of the very few people in the world that actually speaks uh, that language, and uh, he's got some fascinating stories to tell from his time down there. I think two of his kids were born down there. Just an amazing man of God, and you will enjoy the discussion that we have Uh, scheduled for uh, to post tomorrow. And uh, by the way, uh, just to tease it a little bit, you know, the part of the discussion and part of his testimony involves a strange intersection of his remote work in that remote tribal group down there on the Amazon with a well-known global elite that if I mentioned his name, you will know exactly who I'm talking about. We will mention it uh, tomorrow, and you'll want to definitely hear that Uh, story. So that's uh, tomorrow. Uh, But as always, you can find all of our resources at notbyworks.org, including the Kindle version of all three of my latest books that are now available on Kindle including the free section at our Not By Work store where you can find free resources, uh, all kinds of articles and documents and charts and things that we uh, reference from time to time on air. Uh, We try to post those at the free section so you can grab those uh, without any cost at all. Uh, And then of course, while you're on the website and on our store, check out the Red Pill Prince merchandise page as we get ready to head into the Christmas season here. Uh, Maybe consider picking up an NBW shirt or jacket or stocking cap or mug or something like that. Uh, it's just, they're great quality products that Red Pill uh, prints out. Put, puts out, but they're also great uh, conversation starters for the gospel because people see it, they'll say, what is NBW Ministries? And it gives you the chance to explain that salvation is not by works, but by grace. And you can uh, expound upon the amazing grace of our Lord. Well, with that, let's uh, turn to Genesis chapter 1. I'll use this as a springboard for our discussion with David, but verses 26 and 27, probably well known to most of our listeners, the Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Notice the plural there, speaking of the triune God. God eternally exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but they are one. Uh, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, and male and female, he created them. We, need, we don't get reminded enough of the amazing... Uh, creative act of our God to create us as image bearers of Him. Of course, we know the rest of the story. We tarnished that image when we fell and rebelled against a holy God, but He took the extraordinary step of providing redemption to restore uh, that image in uh, Him, in mankind, uh, through faith alone in Christ alone. And Paul says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But boy, that image is under attack. And so with that, uh, let me bring on my good friend, uh, really needs no introduction, David Fiorazzo with Worldview Matters. You can find him at davidfiorazzo.com. He's also got a page on harbingersdaily.com. And his brand new book, Assault on the Image of God, you can get it at amazon.com. It hits the the market uh, today. The ebook, the Kindle version went on sale yesterday, but Assault on the Image of God. David, thanks so much for joining us.
1: God bless you, brother. Thank you for having me. It's always great to speak with you, friend.
0: It's my pleasure. It really is. Okay, so full disclosure, I had the privilege of seeing early copies of this book and early copies of the cover. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I am so grateful for that. And But I still can't get over the striking nature of the cover of this book. So let's start there. Uh, sure. I'll just let you take it away. Tell us a little bit about the, the genesis for this book, and then uh, talk about the cover.
1: Well, first of all, I want to say that, oh, wait a minute. Sorry, (laughs) You've got the wrong Wrong book,
0: but hey, I I like that kind of mistake. (laughs) For those listening to the audio, he held up spirit of the false prophet, but no, hold it up again. Hold it up again for our online uh, listeners. No, not
1: there. We go for (laughs) for our video. I mean, for our video.
0: There you go. There There we go go. for the video friends. What a beautiful, beautiful picture. I'll see if I can share that too, while you're talking for our video listeners.
1: Yeah. I, it was a back and forth that the cover designer did not plan on. Uh, and I didn't really know at the beginning. We were looking for a concept to be provocative, but also be biblical in explaining what the book was about and not about. And I I kept, for some reason, and we can talk about this, JB, I kept going back to Revelation 12. I kept going back to, well, let's talk about the dragon Uh, which is, you know, Satan, and talk about the woman, which in Revelation 12, um, she's symbolic of Israel, but and the pregnancy, of course, so the pregnancy, that's going to be the Messiah, Jesus. But the whole idea is the the assault on the image of God. As you mentioned from Genesis 1, Satan hates Mm. Imago Dei. Mm. He hates the image of God. Of course, the attack is first and foremost— on his God and King, that would be the Lord of the universe. But we are representatives and ambassadors of Christ. He hates us, and, and that's his work now, is to try to kill, steal, and destroy. So I had to write, since this wasn't a study on Revelation, a deep dive into you know, uh, the teachings of the book of Revelation, but yet there were some takeaways from Revelation 12, the first five verses, in the sign and the child and the dragon and the woman about to give birth. And so I had to write a little bit about that. But I started off by just simply saying, Satan has always tried to thwart God's redemptive plan for the world. Mm. Mm. And we talked about how the the dragon does represent Satan, not only the mortal enemy of Israel, because he wanted wanted to kill the messianic line. King Herod was demonically inspired as he tried to kill Jesus when he was born. And if you remember, and and this is in the very beginning of the book about the cover, Matthew 2.16, when Herod put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem in all its districts from two years old and under. Mm. So talk about an attack on the image of God. And that's on on, uh, trying to destroy the messianic line. But of course, he failed. uh, his, His plan was thwarted. We know from John's Gospel, John 1.14, the Word became flesh. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are celebrating this Christmas season and all year round, actually, that Jesus, God, fully God, did become man. And we are so blessed that we, as you mentioned earlier, we can have this salvation based on faith and not by anything that we need to do or measure up to.
0: It really is a free gift and that's what Christmas is all about the greatest gift of all Paul said thanks be to God for his indescribable gift but uh so back to the cover uh and those of you that are watching the video version our, our premier subscribers you can see it I've post I've, I've shared my screen there for you but I I, I got to tell you David I, I love to read I've read all my life you know I'm an academic by background uh I'm somewhat of a bibliophile love books I've I don't think I've ever seen a book. With the strike, that striking of a cover uh, picture, it just draws you in. And uh, so the subtitle uh, is "Understanding and Responding to Attacks on the Bible, Human Life, and the Church." The yes. title is "Assault on the Image of God." And let me uh, read just the first paragraph here of the back cover, so people get an idea of the the focus here. "Assault on the Image of God" focuses on the fact that God, His Word, His children, and His Church are under attack like never before. The biblical worldview and the truth of creation are under relentless assault as well. True believers in Christ must recognize we are at war, and it is a spiritual conflict first. We also must connect the dots regarding the many battles manifesting in the physical and natural realm. What I really appreciate uh, about this is that you really are calling out the reality that we do not struggle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And you and I have talked many times uh, over the last couple of years about the spirit of the Antichrist and the spiritual battle that is raging as Satan tries to defeat God and take over this world. And I love it that you are right from the the start in your book explaining, look, this is ultimately a satanic battle.
1: So uh, talk to us about that for a bit. Sure. So foundational for today's believers to understand the spiritual dynamic underlies everything that we are seeing, every battle that is manifesting in the physical natural realm. From America to around the world, to the globalist, you know Marxist push to the local, regional, LGBTQ influence and all the delusion that's happening in the confusion, there are battles on purpose that are being waged. And so I like to make the point, JB, first of all, case, okay, spiritual battle. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but we have to recognize that just as we believers in Christ are called to make disciples, to preach the gospel and, you know, hopefully advance the kingdom, Satan and his minions are also busy at work making disciples. I like to call them disciples of the left um if you look at for example just one example the public school system the government run schools they're making social justice marxist disciples and so he is using that system the and that's just one mm-hmm. education system we can talk about entertainment hollywood we can talk about the media we can talk about government we can talk about nonprofits corporations and they're all the, the enemy is using all of these entities all these institutions to make disciples of the left, and they, whether that's be atheists, whether that's Marxists, whether that's LGBTQ, what all you go all down the line. So it's very important to recognize the spiritual battle first. And so that's why I, tr- I tried to make that very clear, not only in the back cover, but the first pages of the book about the cover, that little section before the book even starts in the introduction. And I don't think, JB, we can emphasize it enough because a lot of people. Uh, because obviously of what's going on in the world today and in America, people are potentially overwhelmed. They're feeling kind of overcome. It's a heaviness because it's so dark today. Evil is being called good. Good is being called evil. And people are doing it without even blushing, without even a, a, a second thought. And you're going, wow, this is, they. there must be some blinders that they have on. There must be some delusion some confusion. And who is the author of confusion? Yes. Satan, the father of lies.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I was channel surfing last night, um, actually trying to get to the weather, but I came up upon a, a show and it had two women uh, kissing. And it was just a matter of course, and it, it brought back a memory in my mind. I can remember it was almost 30 years ago, when it was big news, the first time a major primetime network television show, and I think it was LA Law, if I remember correctly, showed mm. two women uh, share a quick kiss you know, in the office. Wow. And of course, now they've got women in, together in bed, men with men in bed. It's just commonplace. And it's just one anecdotal example of just how pervasive this is. Another one yeah. uh, that speaks to the pervasiveness of these lies is the whole climate change. uh. And, you know, I was getting a booking a flight for my daughter to come home for Christmas uh, just last night uh, from her college in Phoenix. And I noticed that United, uh, as you pick your flights, lists in small print there with each one of them the percentage of, you know, carbon that it's using. And so you, you know, you can choose based on how much carbon that flight's going to use. And it's just so ridiculous how pervasive this life. I've got Alex Newman on later in December uh, to talk about climate change. Nobody better than him, as you know, that to, to expose yeah. that, folks. Uh, he'll be actually at COP28 in, in Dubai uh, later this month reporting directly from there. But anyway, as I look at some of the chapter titles here, I love the breadth of this uh, You know, material. You, you really leave no stone unturned as you talk about Uh, these attacks on the Imago Dei, as you mentioned. Imago Dei is the Latin phrase for image of of God. And so you you talk about uh, attacks on biblical truth. uh, uh, What would our grandparents and great-grandparents think? I love that. Uh, Biblical worldview heading off the cliff. Now, you're always good about statistics and kind of keeping your finger on the pulse, but when you talk about chapter three there, biblical worldview, what are you seeing in terms of real discouraging signs about the death of a biblical worldview?
1: Good question, and I think the same thing you would be concerned about, the decline of the biblical worldview in Mm. the church, Wow, not only among people in the pews, in the comfy seats, but among leadership, pastors. I think in the last couple years, the Barna research that has come out has been not really shocking, I guess, but disturbing in that pastors have a low biblical. I think it was something like only thirty seven percent of pastors, these are leaders these are the ones that are teaching the Word of God supposedly in the pulpits across the country, mm. and only thirty seven percent of them. Let's talk about youth pastors, twelve to thirteen percent mm. of youth pastors. So, When we Just that chapter is on in the church. If we've got these issues in the church, I mean, Satan has sent false teachings and false prophets into the church for decades and decades. Now we are just unfortunately seeing some of the rotten fruit of that. But when you see the biblical worldview declining at such a rapid pace, it's concerning because you look down the road a few decades and there's not much bright light when it comes to the idea that maybe the gospel will be the the true gospel the full gospel will be presented and shared if even in the church if people don't have a biblical worldview this nation if our church is going to be in trouble JB our nation is in dire straits
0: no doubt yeah it's uh you know it's often been said that the further you get uh from the you know the pew the more liberal it it is, and so looking at the big picture, you know the yep. the, the Luciferian elite took over academia mm-hmm. a long time ago, and that included the seminaries, the Bible colleges. So they then put out more liberal and left leaning uh, pastors and ministry leaders. Those become. Preachers and teachers, and eventually, you know, it, it trickles down into the the pew. So typically your congregation is almost always more conservative on average than the guy in the pew, but over time the congregation is is swayed. And <laughs> we need pastors and Bible teachers that are going to be willing to boldly stand up and speak Amen. the truth. And in this Amen. age, this postmodern age where you know everything is so unclear and confusing and the people don't like to take a stand for anything. I think it was Charles Ryrie, that great wordsmith, one of his famous statements was a mist in the pe- in the pulpit becomes a fog in the pew. And that's really what mm. we're seeing happen. So um, then you've got, speaking of that, your chapter four is all about the attacks on inerrancy. Um, <laughs> you know, you you've seen, I, I'm sure the stuff by Andy Stanley. Uh, do you get into him at all in that chapter or other
1: anecdotes mm. No, I don't. I, I pretty much go back into church and American history there, mm-hmm. and talk about uh, even the early days, the battles within the Presbyterian Church, um, the the key doctrines they had to they had a, a fight over the inerrancy of scriptures, and they had to battle over the essentials of the faith. So fortunately, that happened, and I think sometimes these battles need to take place. So there was a distinction. I mean, almost a hundred years ago to this year. That they had to go back and say, "All right, th- we're going to see a little split here." And then I think it was uh, Jay Gresham Machen, mm-hmm. um, th- just talking about the different uh, ideas and, and ideologies from a conservative or fundamental viewpoint of Christianity to liberalism, and I, which I call it the cult of liberalism, because <laughs> uh, it is not Christian what they are doing—they watering down the Word of God and and trying to modernize the church and soften and w- weaken, really. Um, the gospel. So yeah. So I went back and I talk a little bit about the seminaries because we got the lack of biblical worldview in the pulpits. That had to happen somewhere, but the seminaries abandoned inerrancy before, way before that. And that led to some of the leaders we have today. So yeah. if you go to a Bible seminary, a lot of them they don't they teach church growth or you know how to attract a mob or a crowd as opposed to doctrine sound doctrine we're going to have problems right off the front right, right out of the gate here
0: yeah Jay Gresham Machen of course one of the great Princetonians back during the turn of the 20th century you had yeah. guys like B.B. Warfield writing uh you know on the inerrancy of scripture now those guys tended to lean calvinistic but boy they were spot on when it came to defending the inerrancy of scripture and mm-hmm. uh and it created a Machen was was came a little bit later he was in the 20s but he he led really the fundamentalist uh, movement yep. break away from that what they called modernism back in the day and uh, and uh, we're still you know reaping both the benefits and the consequences the benefits of those who were willing to take a stand at great cost and which is by far the minority the remnant uh, but then of course the 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 high cost of those who departed from uh, the word of God. Um, you talk about in chapter five, something that I've talked about in Spirit of the Antichrist volume two, and that's attacks on Christians and churches and how that's escalating. Um, where do you see that going in America? Are we, are we being boiled in the kettle? Are we going to face the types of persecution that other brothers and sisters in Christ have elsewhere
1: around the world? Well, it, probably not to the extent that nations, I mean, I just spoke with Todd Nettleton, Voice of the Martyrs, talking about true persecution around the world. Huh. America is not at that point. We have, we've been so spoiled and unfortunately comfortable, but um, there is going to be increased discrimination. There is always going to be increased persecution and we're seeing it today. Um, there have been signs recently in recent years. I can just go back to COVID when the government deemed the church non-essential. We can, um, an example I use in this chapter um, Pastor Matt truella of Missionaries to the Preborn had had uh, people in his church go share the gospel in a public park in Wisconsin at a drag queen event. So in the park, up on the stage, this is a perfect example about this chapter. There's, I mean, they were sexualizing young children on the stage with mm. the, you know, the the music and they're gyrating to the to the loud music and the the families with the rainbow flags when the drag Queens, all that was going on. And there were five Christians in their twenties. I believe they're just sharing the gospel, handing out tracts. Well, four of them got arrested. Mm. One of them was standing on a public sidewalk outside the park paid for by our tax dollars, by the way. (laughs) And he was simply and he wasn't even reading anything controversial like Genesis 1, 26, 27, or something about homosexuality. He was just reading something, a passage of God's love out of Galatians. Mm. And I saw the video, JB. It's one of the most disturbing things I think I've seen this year. Uh, if you're keeping track of these things in America, he, they came up to him, they, they grabbed, and he had a little, his friend was holding a little boom box, a little teeny speaker. And yet the music was blaring from inside the park, the dance music for the drag queens and his name was Marcus Schrader and he's on he has on his t-shirt as they handcuffed him and arrested him and took him away on his t-shirt says i will stand for truth even if i stand alone amen and wow. i thought and that was a perfect photo as they were dragging him not dragging him walking him away but his friend was on video saying what did he do this is our right to free yeah. speech what did he do wrong and yeah. so he was simply reading From the Bible, and he was arrested. Now, long story short, his pastor, Matt Trewella, this video you can find on, I believe it's on a website called defytirants.com. Uh, but Matt Trewella, missionaries to the preborn, he has a Mercy Seat church in Wisconsin. He actually showed up at the perfect time to witness this. He was talking, preaching, really, to six or seven police officers in this video. It's a it was a great gospel moment. And it was a great teaching moment that he used. It was about two minutes. And he said, you have to recognize that you have a choice to make. You are under God. You are to punish evil and reward good. And what you did today, and he's teaching them, and they're silent through the whole thing, JB. Mm. He's teaching them. He's saying, what you've done today is just the opposite. Justice has been flipped on its head. You Mm. arrest the good guys who are out there talking to people and handing out you know gospel tracks and you are endorsing the bad guys look i mean and then at that moment something sexual happened up on the stage and he says look look up on that stage if you don't tell me they are not sexualizing children and he he preached to them about their responsibility he said you have the guns you are called to serve and protect and and he basically rebuked them but he did it in such a gracious loving way on page 59 and 60 in my book I quoted the entire speech that he said, because fortunately it was on video, and he did such a wonderful, masterful job. This is an example of not only what pastors need to read and see, that men can stand up to authority, but they've got to be called to account sometimes for not doing their job. Imagine if more pastors would have done that. During the summer of chaos in 2020, the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation destroying property around the country, burning police cars, blowing up cars and lighting fires, killing minority business owners across the country. If someone would have stood up, more people would have stood up to them. But anyway, bottom line is he did. It was a teaching moment, and that was a very revealing time in our state, in Wisconsin. But I've seen that happen across the country in different places, J.B., where law enforcement were given their marching orders from a wicked leader and we've got we we get the rulers we deserve we've got yeah. wicked wicked mayors or governors and law enforcement they have a choice to make they're not bad people but they can choose to enforce the law or they can choose to ignore and and in Wisconsin there's a statute that it is a felony to sexualize young children whether it's in public or not There's a law on the books that it's a felony. And so up there in that drag stage with the music pumping and beating, and they're dancing around like that, scantily clad. I mean, a lot of homosexual men dressed as women, raunchy women, um, they could have been arrested, but they weren't. So that kind of sums up this chapter, attacks on Christians and churches, followed up by the next chapter, attacks on free speech. And we're seeing that. People just publicly praying outside of a Planned Parenthood clinic, and being arrested or being yeah. persecuted just for doing that. So yeah. we're seeing things flip and change in America.
0: Oh, it's stunning. Yeah, and uh, did so? Did that guy? Uh, I think he ended up being released and without yes. charges. Right? He ought to sue yes. the the police. I think. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. And you know, here you've got the exact opposite: a felony being committed in plain sight. They do nothing. Yep. A guy sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ you know quietly not causing a scene on a public sidewalk and they handcuff him and haul him off I mean proud yeah. what a great country Amazing. you know prou- prou- <laughs> what a country as Yakov would say but uh yeah you know the the sad part of that illustration that you just gave is the is what you started out with at the beginning that most Christians um are, are numb to it you know it, it reminds me of that I, I'm mm-hmm. a child of the 70s and so you know it reminds me of that uh famous uh a uh, song uh, written by those two great theologians, David Gilmore and Roger Waters uh, from Pink Floyd, <laughs> Comfortably Numb. You know, you remember that song? I tell you what, yes. that's what, that's a perfect metaphor for most Christians today. They just, you know, until it touches them, it's not going to to really, you know, resonate. And uh, so I think that's what, yeah. that's what we're facing. So uh, we've got a little bit of time left. I'd love to talk about, uh, you know, you, you really call out, rightly so, the medical industry and uh, and some of the role that they're playing, not only in the uh, the uh, you know abortion uh, big business, uh, but also uh, you know some of the other corrupt aspects of the medical medical industry. Give us a, a thumbnail sketch. I, we want people to buy the book, so I don't want them to. I don't want to tell the whole book, but I, I would love uh, that's okay. A thumbnail sketch of that chapter.
1: Well, there's several different aspects of this now when it comes to the medical industry. We've we've seen during COVID. What happened when what the and people that were just trying to tell the truth or get the information out there were silenced or, or they got fired doctors. Yep. So I had a friend of mine, Scott Shera whose daughter was 19, Down syndrome. She was killed at a hospital because of the covid protocol. He and his wife contributed one of those chapters to my book. Mm. And that was on the, the complicit medical industry. It's Grace Shara's story that's in the book. The next chapter, I believe, it's do no harm and do not lie. Now, the do no harm, that's, of course, part of their oath, supposedly. But the do not lie, what does that have to do with, of course, there's corruption in every industry. But the transgender industry, the transgender ideology, that comes into the do not lie. That's where Christians come in. We have an opportunity. Do we follow the Preferred pronouns that mm. someone demands that we use yeah. when we know it's not true. Christians in the workplace, Christians in public, we have a choice to make when it comes to are we going to bear false witness and call call a girl a boy or a boy a girl. But that's what they're asking us to do. Some of them are demanding it. But there's doctors that are doing surgeries now called non-binary surgeries, mm. Horrific stuff. Um, I mean, I want to make Frankenstein science fiction again. Yeah, You know, we're yeah. seeing this stuff carried out on healthy bodies. And that, let's go back to something you said at the very beginning, or a little bit ago, you mentioned the environmental movement. Yeah. One of the aspects under the attack on the image of God in the book is population control. Mm-hmm. We've got the abortion movement. We've got our own Holocaust in America that we just kind of look away from. And it's Margaret Sanger and others who inspired this whole movement. She inspired Nazi Germany, by the way. You can mm-hmm. read up on that history. Um, and her birth control review back in the early 1920s or late teens. So you got the abortion movement. You've got euthanasia. I think your state might be one of them where legalized euthanasia or doctor-assisted suicide. Yep. So Five or six states. So that's killing the elderly. We've got killing the preborn, killing the elderly. We've got The homosexual movement, which you cannot reproduce, so you have to recruit. Mm -hmm. You cannot reproduce. God says, be fruitful and multiply. You cannot fulfill that with two of the same sex. So that's a delusion there. That's a deception there. And now you got transgenderism, where they're cutting off healthy body parts and genitalia of males or females and causing infertility. But what else? You've got vaccines, Mm -hmm. which have caused infertility in women. And so you've got all these things coming together, JB, like a ticking time bomb ready to explode. All of them impacting the image of God, impacting population, impacting human the the future of humanity. And so the global elites, it's not just them. We've got people in our own country that are pro-abortion or pro-gay marriage and all of these things are against human beings producing as God divinely ordered as God intended.
0: Yeah, it's it's really stunning uh how Satan has turned everything on its head um you know and and you hear even Christians uh ignorantly say well we want to we want to do the loving thing and if they want to be t- called by a certain pronoun we've got to call them by that or if that's if they want to you know take the vaccine you know the 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 gene altering bioinjection we've got to let them do that but i've said from from the outset of the pandemic it is never the loving thing to do to perpetuate a lie and that's essentially yes. what you're saying in this chapter is that you know when these doctors and others uh that should know better are out there you know aiding and abetting a lie that's not Christian. There's nothing Christian about that at all. And, you know, uh, you mentioned some of the doctors that were out front. uh, You know, I've had the chance to uh, interact with Simone Gold and Sherry Tenpenny, and those, you know, they've suffered Mm -hmm. immensely simply because they told the truth. And, uh, you know, we need to pray for those that are being persecuted in that regard. So uh, as we get ready to wrap up, just I'll let you kind of talk about maybe some of your favorite, uh, most urgent uh, you know, things from the book that you, th- that you think uh, you want to get out there. So uh, I've highlighted a few chapters, but I don't want to steal all the thunder.
1: Well, I think the the main idea is that we have to recognize it's a spiritual battle and not be ignorant, not be comfortably numb. Yes. And it's easy with all that's going on in the world, JB, and all the new, it, you can't keep up with, with everything. Human beings were never meant to, but it's easy to check out mm-hmm. and um, go to entertainment, go to whatever, distraction, Positive distraction, whatever it might be. Um, I'm just looking at some of the chapters and it, it really flows to the end. But one of the things I wanted to share is I was able to bring the book to a conclusion with some encouragement at the end because one of the last chapters I talk about, um, remember David getting back with his men in Ziklag and the homes were their homes and the village was burned down, his wives and his their children were taken. And the men talked about stoning David. And there's a wonderful verse in verse 7 of, I believe it's First Samuel 30, that says, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Mm. So I talk a little bit about that after I shared a personal story about Rosanna and I, what, what my wife and I have been through since she um, got the vaccine because she couldn't go to Toronto, Canada. Mm. She couldn't get across the border to see her family mm. unless she took the vaccine. And our lives have changed dramatically. Wow. In the last two years. So I got into that, went into detail in that chapter. I don't don't remember what that chapter is called. I think it was called Encourage encourage Yourself in the Lord,
0: Faith Through Trials. Yeah.
1: Yes. And and, and I want to practice what I preach. And it's hard sometimes to have the joy of the Lord and to keep the faith through trials. But God is sovereign over all this. He's going to use this somehow for His glory. And that's what I want to communicate to people toward the end of the book. I just want to really encourage people, God will use your story for His glory. And whatever you're going through, whether it's hard times, good times, health-related, or persecution, God is sovereign. And we are here for such a short time. This life is but a vapor. So teach us to number our days that we might gain hearts of wisdom. Psalm 90, verse 12.
0: Yeah, Moses, the only psalm Moses wrote, and what a powerful one it was. Uh, I think it was the only one. Amen. He wrote. But, <laughs> uh, well, listen, David, you are just just a great uh, friend and a great man of God. Uh, you, you need to write more because your books are phenomenal. Canceling Christianity, we used to sell that at our online store until we changed over our whole... Format and the problem is I'm writing too many books. I got too many of my own books out there. I can't write put all these other good ones out there. It's funny when we when we first started at MBW Ministries, I would have like two of my books and then twenty others (laughs) for friends and colleagues. And slowly over the twenty years, those have kind of slipped away. And uh, but uh, anyway, folks need need to get assault on the image of God. And you can get it at Amazon.com. David Fiorazzo has been our guest today, and he's uh, he's the author. But uh, great work, my friend.
1: Great. Thank you. And that's a good problem to have when you're writing more books and putting them out there and uh, running out of space on your website. But JB, I appreciate your friendship. I I just want to thank you personally. It's been a a blessing in my life since I met you uh, several years ago at the Liberty Pastors Conference. Actually, we knew each other before that, but we were able to meet in person in, was that Edmond, Oklahoma?
0: I think so. Yeah. Oklahoma somewhere. Yeah.
1: yeah, That was great.
0: Well, and uh, and folks, I'll uh, as we wrap up here, I'll be on Worldview Matters with you next week. Yes, yes. And uh, so fo- we're going to be talking about Christmas, and uh, mm-hmm. as we get closer and closer to uh, to that wonderful celebration of the birth of our Savior. So, looking forward to that. Always a privilege. But uh, thanks for joining us, and and folks, thanks for listening. Uh, again, uh, Premier members can see the video version of this, and you got to check out that cover. Even if you're not a Premier member, go to Amazon.com and check out the cover. It is amazing amazing kudos to whoever did that uh, work for you Uh, but uh, anyway uh, davidfiorazzo.com harbingersdaily.com of course you can get the book at amazon.com but thanks everybody for listening have a great week Uh, check out notbyworks.org for our other podcasts and videos that were posted this week and we will talk again soon god bless